The Winter Circle Sports Grill in Edgemont is for real sports fans only. With over 30 brand new wall-to-wall large-screen plasma high-def TVs, if the game you absolutely got to see is available, we'll have it. Every NFL game, every college football game, every Major League Baseball game, every hockey game, every game live in high-def. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If we don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only. Visit us online at wintercirclesportsgrill.com. This is the Winter Circle Sports Grill Halftime Show. Ahead, Greg Pecco and Josh Kippel provide analysis, interviews, and recaps from all that is Marple Newtown Tigers football. Now, here's your host, Greg Pecco. Welcome you into the Winter Circle Halftime Show. I am Greg Pecco along with Josh Kippel. And here at the end of the first half it is a 14-14 game between Pencrest and Marble Newtown. Uh, before we get into tonight's game, we take a look at uh, the tough loss the Tigers faced last week here against Springfield at Harry Harvey Stadium. And Josh, uh, last week a tough loss for for Marble Newtown. Yeah, definitely a tough loss. Um, I really thought that they were going to pull it out. Uh, after the the first half, um, they came back and they were able to put together a couple good drives. Just couldn't get them all the way down the field, and uh, a late fumble really killed their drives and all the hopes of coming back. And then Springfield sort of sealed the deal by uh, putting a field goal through for three points. Yeah, certainly last week, uh, 14 to six going into the half. Uh, we talked about it last week in the in-game halftime show about Marble. Coming out in the second half, they seemed to respond early in that second half, coming out making it pretty close, and then Springfield kind of moved away there towards the, the end of the second half. Yeah, they ran the ball pretty well. Springfield came out, and they actually went for it. Um, they were, I believe it was first and 10 from the Marple Newtown 10. They decided to run the ball, and the quarterback, Dante Allen, tried to make a really valiant effort by diving into the end zone with his arms outstretched. The Marple Newtown defense was there to knock the ball out of his hands and recover the fumble on their own pretty much half-yard line. And they put together a nice drive to take the ball down the field, but they couldn't capitalize with any points. And, of course, last week, uh, Marple Newtown, uh, as... uh as seen before with this offense uh, running on the ground, the big big side of the offense there. Uh, Ryan, the two Ryans, Ryan White, Ryan Duffy, leading the team there. W- what do you think of their performance last week? It was good to see a different performance. In the first week, we pretty much saw all the offense come from two players, Samara Moat and Mario Diaguardi, and it was really nice to see sort of the other two running backs, Ryan Duffy and Ryan White, get the chance. Um, I believe. Ryan Duffy had 77 yards, and Ryan White had about 76 yards. So they both put on pretty good performances, and they were able to step up and show that they're definitely a part of this awesome offense. Yes, certainly a lot of different running backs in this offense. Four to five, you'll see the time out there uh, throughout a game. Uh, Each week a little different showing, depending on the game plan from the coaching staff. Last week was more of the Ryans. Uh, Tonight a little bit more mixture of, of all four or five of them. Yeah, definitely a mixture of everybody. The first play from scrimmage, I thought Ryan White was going to break it all the way to the end zone. Uh, They had the ball around the 20-yard line, and he was able to break it up to 
the 30-yard line, and there was only one person on the Pencrest defense that was able to stop him. It seemed like somebody yelled at him, hey, turn around and tackle that guy, because the Pencrest Lions defender was already on the ground, and he just reached out and barely grabbed the toe of Ryan White. If, if that player wouldn't have done that, Ryan White would have been going 60 yards the other way for the touchdown. And certainly as we move into talking about tonight's game, the rain cascading down here, certainly going to play a factor in the first half there, now going to play a factor in the second half. What do you think the field condition is going to be? Obviously, Marple Newtown's a run-heavy offense. Pencrest a little bit more dynamic. What do you expect from both sides? Um, after that last showing, Pencrest's last drive, they came out um, right before the end of the first half, and they just tried to throw the ball for all three downs, and they came up very short. Uh, the Marple Newtown defense was all over it. The passes didn't even come close to any of the receivers for the Pencrest Lions. So if they come out and try to throw the ball again, I'd like to see it because I'm thinking that Marple Newtown will be able to take an interception the other way. Um, if they stay on the ground, it would probably work out to their advantage because pretty much every time they've kept to the ground game, they've been getting first downs on almost every play. They will start on a first down and their running back will be able to take it either 10 or 11 yards for another first down. It's just been like that all night down and down the field. And certainly uh, you mentioned the rain and we, we talked about that in the running backs. Uh, to recap for, for, for those listeners out there, second half there or at the end of the first half, excuse me, uh, Marple Newtown able to come back, tie the game at, at 14-14 and then a quick shutdown and, and a quick offensive uh, return. They were stopped inside the, the Pencrest 40, but overall, it seems like the tide's turning a little bit for Marple Newtown in this game. We'll see how that progresses as we move along. However, we want to take a look also to Pencrest, a team 0-2 in the Central League, uh, coming off of a tough loss against Radnor last week. How do they look so far in this game from, from the Pencrest side of the football? Uh, to be honest, they look pretty good. Like I said, they've been able to put together really great drives, not even um, getting to third down. They've just been able to rely on their running back to sort of punch it in every time as soon as they get the ball on first down. They have been doing sort of a wing team like uh, Marple does, but their fakes have been only going to the same one or two running backs the whole time. But these, it seems like the running backs, no matter what, are able to take it right up the middle on Marple. Uh, it's a good thing they've been able to stop them. They've only been able to put up two scores on the board, but... Uh, yeah, that's the way it's looking right now. And obviously the Marple Newtown defense, a, a tough start last week, getting off to a little sluggish start. How have they looked so far in this game? I'm sorry, what did you say? The, the defense, how, how, how well have they looked so far in this one? The Marple Newtown defense? Yes. Uh, the Marple Newtown defense has looked great. As I said, uh, when Pencrest actually tried to throw the ball, there was no way any of the receivers were going to get the ball. It seemed like the Tigers had all of the receivers blanketed very well. Uh, like I said, on the ground, though, they need to work on that. The line seems to just be getting blown off. Um, to describe to the listeners out there, the way that Pencrest has been setting up, it seems like they'll have all their linemen come up and they'll just stand there in, a, in the standing position and then the quarterback will actually get down under the center and say set and at the same time all of the linemen for the Pencrest Lions on the offensive line will get down at once and then uh, he'll say hike and they'll be able to run over the uh, Marple Newtown 
defensive line pretty easily. So hopefully the Tigers can come out and, and get used to that and be able to stop it. Well, on a night when the Central League will start to shake itself out here in week three of play, a couple big games, uh, notable matchups, uh, Conestoga versus Garnet Valley, uh, who are two, two, two and O teams, undefeated teams going into week three, into this week, and then next week, uh, you know, four and O, you're four games into the season, things will start to shake out, uh, the league will start to take shape, and, you know, some surprising games at the bottom are Upper Darby and Pencrest, who are 0 and two at this point. Uh, in terms of Marble Newtown, though, one and one. Do you see this game as being that you know pivotal moment where you know the, the next going into the next couple games, especially when they have Garnet Valley, Strathaven, and Ridley upcoming, where this game is very important for them to grab a win? Uh, I do see that because last week I think a lot of people thought they were going to be able to pull it out against Springfield. They definitely had a lot of chances. Like I said, they lost that fumble on their on the Springfield 10-yard line, and that was really a blow to everybody here because it looked like they were going to be able to get that third score, not necessarily tie it because they had that extra point block, but it would have been 19-21. They could have gone for two and made it 21-21, but they were just unable to capitalize on that. So that was kind of heartbreaking, but here they've definitely kept right in the game with the Pencrest Lions, and I feel like they can come out on top and really show everybody else in the Central League what Marple Newtown has to offer. Well, next on the Winter Circle Halftime Show, we will take a look at the first half of play and the first half statistics. We'll go a little more into that first half of play. I know we, we talked a little bit about it here, but more in-depth, we'll look at the statistics of that first half next on a Winter Circle Halftime Show. Hey, Tigers fans. Did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia Pretzel? Because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly Pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, even for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Or visit their website at phillypretzelfactory.com for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory... It's not a real pretzel. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, And we welcome you back to the Winter Circle Halftime Show. Before we headed into the break, we discussed the first half and last the end of last week's game against Springfield and a little bit about the, about the Central League and how that'll start to shape up. Kind of more in-depth on that, we talked about it. Upcoming games for Marple Newtown, Garnet Valley, Strathaven, Upper Darby next week. Upper Darby, an 0-2 squad. Not sure what they have uh, going into next week. Uh, you know, what's your anticipation? You kind of mentioned that before we went to the break about Marple Newtown and this being a pivotal point. You know, a, a team like an 0-2 Upper Derby, you win here tonight, is it, is it kind of a trap game going into next week? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, these Central League teams can be pretty tough, and I believe that every win is important, um, especially for Marple tonight. Like I said, I, I believe this will be a pivotal game to get their season turned around. Uh, obviously, you don't like to drop your first game at home, but looks like tonight they're poised to 
uh, take home a victory. Yeah, and as I mentioned, I know it's early in the season. This is week three, and and, and the league will start to shake itself out. However, going into after after Upper Derby, they have two. They have a game on the road at Garnet Valley, and and then Strathaven, and then Ridley back here at Harry Harvey Stadium. And at this point, those three teams are have a five and one combined record. Uh, sort of the perennial powers in the Central League, and, and you mentioned kind of important there. Pencrest, we mentioned a little bit about earlier. Zero and two, kind of surprising. Uh, a team like a Radner, who we Marple Newtown will face later in the season, kind of surprising. A little different feel in the Central League this year. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe that's true. Um, I think that that bodes well for teams like the Marple Newtown Tigers, who uh, they made a playoff appearance last year, but were uh, taken out in the first game. But they didn't. Uh, people didn't have very high expectations for them coming in. But uh, as I've seen on the field these past couple weeks, it looks like teams, smaller teams that don't get as much recognition, uh, like the Marple Newtown Tigers, will be able to um, really make their presence known in the Central League. And as you mentioned, the playoff uh, appearance last year, two years ago, a, a tough season for the Tigers. They finished 6-6 six and six after going 2-6 and six to start the season, able to get back to 500. This year, losing a few of that more senior-laden team, but still fairly well-kept together and kind of a, you know, played out in C season. Obviously, playoffs are not out of reach for the Tigers here. Right. Um, it looks like all the players, uh, the first week, I don't know if it was because Sun Valley was that bad, but they looked like they really connected and they were able to break out some great plays. Last week was sort of a different story. Uh, the offensive line seemed to break down some. The defensive line was definitely faced with a uh, hard opponent in uh, Matt Craig as he ran in for three scores by himself. Um, but tonight they seem to be getting it back together. It's kind of hard to you know, see what they really have because of all the rain and the bad weather that's coming in. But so far, they've been able to uh, pass the test. Well, certainly, uh, they they start the game in the, the they start the game with the ball. Marble Newtown did. Now heading into the second half, they'll have to kick off in the rain. Rain playing a factor, uh, but not not a heavy rain here at, at Harry Harvey Stadium. But certainly, in the second half, as the field gets a little bit more wet, the players get you know wetter, and, and the football uh, gets a little more slick out there. Things could get a little hairy there late in the game, especially if if, if the game's really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have seen several fumbles tonight already. Uh, I believe the only one that was actual turnover was actually when Marple Newtown was on offense on their own 20-yard line, and the Pancrest Lions were actually able to jump on that and turn it around. Um, but there have been fumbles from, from both sides of the ball for both teams, and they've been able to pick them up themselves. So hopefully they can keep that awareness up and... Uh, for the defense of Marble Newtown, they can keep their eyes open for the ball because they know that this, with this constant mist out here, that it's going to be uh, putting that slick coating on the ball, and they just need to be aware and, and keep their heads up that that ball is going to be hitting the turf quite often here in the second half. And before we get into a last-minute look at, at the upcoming second half, um, the Marble Newtown Football Alumni Association. For more information about the Marble Newtown Football Alumni Association, email Gil Mays at mnffootballalumni at comcast.net. Or visit their link on our website, www.marblenewtownfootball.com. And finally, Josh here, before we send it back to uh, Mr. Herpin, where do you see the second half going? 
Well, I can see that there are definitely certain team members down there that are fired up. Uh, Samara Moot comes to mind. That first score of the game uh, that gave the Marple Newtown Tigers the lead when he was able to jump on that loose football and run it all the way back 40 yards for a touchdown, he's definitely fired up. Uh, Ryan White, you can see he's fired up. Like I said, that first play of the game that uh, Marple had the ball, he almost took that one about 60 yards for a touchdown. And he was a- he was the one able to uh, run in the touchdown here to tie the game up. So I think that they're going to have to look for their key players to fire up the rest of the team because they look pretty amped and I think they'll fire up the team and and, uh, lead the Marple Newtown Tigers to a victory here tonight. Well, we want to thank you all for listening to the Winter Circle Halftime Show. We want to thank the Winter Circle for sponsoring this uh, program. And be sure to tune in to next week's game against Upper Darby on Friday night. For Josh Kippel, I'm Greg Pecco. Bob Herbin and Dave Feldman have the call for the second half of tonight's game between Marple Newtown and Pencrest. Next, on the Tigers Radio Network. The Winner's Circle Sports Grill in Edgemont is for real sports fans only. With over 30 brand new wall-to-wall large screen plasma high-def TVs, if the game you absolutely gotta see is available, we'll have it. Every NFL game, every college football game, every Major League Baseball game, every hockey game, every game live in high-def. The Winner's Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If we don't have your game live, no one does. The Winner's Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only. Visit us online at winnercirclesportsgrill.com. Hey, Tiger fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia Pretzel? That's because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly Pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, and always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly Soft Pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, or just for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr, or visit their website, phillypretzelfactory.com, for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few proud the marines going to the game this weekend yeah i'm on the team <laughs> good one get in here son you make this everybody's gonna know your name stevens it's Smith, sir exactly no one cares who the kicker is until you need it Kind of like car insurance. Are you in good hands? Hey, football fans, call Allstate agent David Monroe at 610-359-1244 today. Subject to availability and qualifications, Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois. This is the Tigers Radio Network. From the press box, high atop the 50-yard line in Harry Harvey Stadium, back to call the second half of tonight's game... Here's Josh Kippel, Dave Feldman, 
and the legend, Bob Herpin. Harry Harvey Stadium as we have completed 24 minutes of action. Nothing has been decided yet. It's Markle Newtown and Pencrest deadlocked 14 all. Dave, interesting first half as the story, when the weather really wasn't that bad, the story became how the uh, the players would handle the football and of course the first score of the contest, Samaro Moat picks the ball off the turf, goes 40 yards, virtually untouched for the first score of the game. Then in the second quarter, Bo Di Fiore, four-yard run and a five-yard run. Gave Pencrest a 14-7 lead early in the second quarter, but then due to some defensive bearing down by the Tigers, an opportunistic offense near the end of the half. Ryan White's seven-yard touchdown run. Even the contest. Later, right fumbles have been a big part of this game so far. He said it. Samara Moat with a nice touchdown early in the game. It was a Sunday hop, basically, right? He was tracking the ball and went bounce right into his hands. Right in stride. In stride. But the, uh, he's seen a lot of plays later with the quarterback on Pancrest dropping the ball a little bit as he's trying to get the snap. You've seen Prydinger do that sometimes as well. And we'll have to see how that plays into the second half. Looks like the rain is just about stopped here, but the, the turf is still wet, and so is the ball. Well, that's the one thing. Anytime there's any kind of weather, it just plays havoc with your mindset. It forces you, hopefully, into a mindset where you have to take that extra step of caution every time out with the football. You know, of course, football is a game of inches, a game of seconds, and you're always trying to think ahead mechanically to what you need to do in that next step. With the weather like this and the rain, you know, intermittently has been serious. It's, it's slackened off a little bit, but the wind has been there coming from our left to our right through most of the contest. You just have to make sure you have the ball where you want it to be, and then if you hand it off, the back has that football, and you have good blocking, or if you're throwing the football, make sure you have a good grip on it before you release it. Well, we saw a couple passes at the end of the half, both by Reidinger and by the quarterback for Pancrest, Steve Fiore. Uh, Reidinger actually had a pretty good pass going downfield trying for Ryan White, but he was unable to complete that. It was a little high thrown. That's the story of uh, the passing game this season. <laughs> Almost, but not quite. I mean, these balls are, are right there. It's just, just a fingertip away. And that could have been a killer if uh, Marple Newton had converted that and then scored again. Of course, they would have been in the locker room with a lead instead of 14-14. But Pencrest now has the football with the kick for the second half. Are we gonna, pretty much going to see more of the same with uh, Di Fiore faking the option and having Juwan Young and number 42, Matt Hartley, taking control? Well, old saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And their offense is definitely not broken right now. Last time out, they had a couple problems. It's because they tried to throw the ball twice in a row and then... And an eight-yard run almost broke for the first down, but then they wound up punting. But as long as they keep to the game plan that they were doing before, Pancras shouldn't have a problem. It's up to Marple Newtown to try to stop the bleeding a little bit here over the running game. Unofficially, Ryan White, by my count, with those two big gains, is hovering around 65, 70 yards. If they keep, if they, they might as well just keep giving it back to him because he more than more so than Ryan Duffy or Mario Diaguardi has been able to get those holes and, and, and exploit the holes in the Pencrest defense. Ryan Duffy has had some 
nice plays as well today, though. Well, that's true. But, right. but, you know, Duffy's just had the benefit. Unfortunately, Pencrest has been a little bit more up on their toes each time he's carried the ball because that's, he's, they've been identified as the back to look for. You're right, though, about Ryan White. He has that explosiveness, and he has that feel for the field. He knows where he is on the field. He knows what ha- where he has to get for the first down. And he's had some very explosive, explosive plays today. So we have 24 minutes to go. 14-14, Pencrest and Marple Newtown. Anthony Nicolardi places the football on the tee at his own 40-yard line. Two men back deep for Pencrest. Your text there? Justin DiCiocco is one. Can't tell who the guy is on the far side, but they're both hovering around the five-yard line. Nicolardi meets the ball. It's a low, squib-line drive. Coming down to Pencrest at the 5. He's across the 10, across the 15, 20. Cuts back into the middle. 25, 30, 35, 40, midfield. Towards the near sideline now, 40, 35, 30. Finally wrestled out of bounds, shy of the 25-yard line. Justin DiCiocco steals back a little bit of the momentum for Pencrest. Yeah, it was a nice run there by Pencrest, but you have to admire Anthony Nicolardi on that play. He did not stop after the ball was kicked. He went over and made a nice tackle there. Nicolardi playing the role of David Akers. That was one heck of a kick by Nicolardi. Exactly what you want to do when the wind is pushing the rain back towards the opposition's part of the field. But Tishioko, good credit to him also, gets Pencrest into Marple Newtown territory. First and 10 at the 29. DeFiori under center. Tries to pitch to the outside. He's got Hartley in the backfield. He's across the 30. Struggles to get maybe a yard or two. A nice coverage there by Marple Newtown. Not fooled at all. They went to the outside with the running back and was able to stop him for a short gain. Again, Marple Newtown's defense is doing an excellent job of reading DeFiori's body language. I mean, every time DeFiori basically sells it, they're in the right spot. And that time he looked Hartley pretty much the whole way, giving Marple Newtown a free ticket. Gain of only one. Second and nine from the 28. DeFiori hands it off this time to Young. Gets across the 25. And no more. Well, it looked like Christian Whiteside was first on that tackle. He did a nice job getting to the ball carrier and limiting the damage there. He's a hard-nosed guy, Christian Whiteside. Not afraid to get his head down in there, get his arms dirty. Root around in the pile. They do spot the ball just across the 25-yard line at the 24. Third down and five for the Lions now. Patricio Zubieta back in as the lone wide out to the near side. A little trouble on that handoff. It goes to Young, and he goes nowhere. Pushed back at the 25. Well, Young was picked up and thrown back to the ground. Not sure where that was, but a great stop by him. Two men, as always, converge on the football. Fourth down. A long five. I guess Pencrest is really not going to test the kicking game. They do not have the wind as they're going from right to left. The wind is pushing back right, and the rain is pushing right in their faces. Zubieta once again alone, wide out. Two-man backfield. He gives it to Young. He tries to sneak his way forward. He doesn't get it. I don't even think he made the 20-yard line, Dave. 
I don't think so either, Bob. Nice job by Marfa Newtown there, and they were, knew what was at stake. They knew that if they did not get the fourth down stop, then they would be inside the 20 for Pencrest. They were pushing back, and now Marfa Newtown has the ball. Well, the Lions converted each of their first two fourth downs have come up short on their following two. So the worm has turned here. It's Marple Newtown going with the rain, going with the wind. 9.46 remaining third quarter, 14-14. Ball to the 21-yard line. Right into your under center. Straight hand off to Duffy. But he's met with a Chinese wall. Shy of the 25. But still, positive yardage. Another 30 or so seconds is melted away. That is exactly the mindset you need going forward if you're the Marple Newtown Tigers. Just like in nature, falling waters wear away the stone. You keep advancing the ball every little bit and fight for every little yard you take. The defense is going to wear down. Gain of four. Ball at the 25-yard line. Six yards to go. Joey Fan back in, split to the far side. Pencrest did jump. I don't know. I didn't see any any movement on the uh, Lions. Sorry, on the Tigers line. Heard his snap. Encroachment, defense, five-yard penalty. It's still second down. And so for the second time in this contest, anticipating the anticipation does not pay off. Five-yard penalty now, second and short for the Tigers. Well, that really helps out because it goes from a second and six to a second and one. That's just a hop, a skip, and a jump, and I wouldn't blame uh, Jamie Rodinger if he just wanted to take it himself. He has yet to do so in this contest. Ball spotted just on the far side of the 30-yard line. Rodinger hands it to Mario Diaguardi. He only gets a couple, but it's sufficient for a new set of downs. First and ten Tigers. Eight and a half to go, third quarter. Well, we're still waiting to see more from Mario Diaguardi after the season opener. Season opener, he had 100-plus yards. Had a great game for Marple Newtown, but last week he was really shut down by the Springfield defense. We haven't seen him too much here on the offensive end uh, tonight. Well, this time, you know, like uh, Carl Kosarski used to be used for, it's a, a quick burst with a little bit of force behind it. And he did so, picked up the first down, so the Tigers. First down and 10, moving from left to right at the 34-yard line. Handoff in the backfield as White trying to sneak his way forward but can't necessarily do that. I don't know what he's going to pick up on that, but he was driven backwards behind the line of scrimmage eventually. And it looks like they're going to go for no gain. Billy Weaverling was in for that set, but he checks out. Joey Pham checks right back in. Still 10 to go. Pham is split to the near side now. Duffy and Diaguardi in the backfield. Rodinger under center. Straight up the gut to Duffy. He gets across the 35 and spills forward for maybe one or two more. Now we'll see if Marple Newtown can capitalize on this third down. Remember last week they were only three for 11. I don't think they've had many third downs tonight. Only, I believe, two at this point. If they're able to make this here, it gives a lot of momentum after 
it takes a lot of momentum away from Pancrest as well because they think they're getting off the field now with a third and long. And then Marple Newtown continues forward. Great opportunity. Third down and seven. Fam once again, the lone wide out. Splits to the near side this time. White in motion. Rodinger back to pass. He's got an open lane downfield. It's Fam. He slips and sails over his head. Fam was open across midfield. He just had his toe stuck in the turf. He looked around the 50-yard line. That set him back on the course about two or three yards, and it was over his head. Well, we've seen it a lot tonight. We've said it a lot tonight as well. And I'll say it again. Slippery turf is going to cause a lot of incompletions, a lot of fumbles, and you saw one right there. And maybe Fam misread the the path of the flight path of the throw a little bit and tried to shorten up. It might not have been a trip, but anyway. Fourth and seven for the Tigers. Billy Weaverling is on to punt, standing back at his 20-yard line. The snap is away. The punt is good. It's a high punt with a little bit of a dead spin. Fair caught, just barely by Justin DiCiocco. Inside the 25-yard line, and he definitely had trouble with that one. So we're going to keep it here, 6.29 to go. Third quarter, 14-14. Marple Newtown didn't do much on its first drive of the third quarter. Pincrest with its second chance. And as you can see, anytime you're going to look up in these lights with a ball, whether it's coming down end over end or just to the side, you're just never quite sure where it's going to land and how, how it's going to come down. It's going to drop like a stone no matter what. There's a handoff up the middle of the young. He tries to sneak to the near sideline, gets across the 30, and he does so. So that's a healthy gain of about five or six for Pencrest. He had a bunch of Tigers in on that play. Nice job gang tackling. Make sure they wouldn't get anywhere else. A gain of seven on the play. It's closing in on six minutes to play here in this third quarter. Pete Finnegan checks out. There's a little bit of confusion on the line here. As DeFiore's under center. Tries to take it, tries to put that pitch to Hartley. But this time the Marple Newtown defense reads it once again beautifully. Mario Diaguardi was right there on that tackle, making sure that the quarterback was not going to go anywhere else with that ball. Well, Hartley was there also, but DiFiori really didn't look at him. So you could tell right there that you, Marple Newtown's defense could say that it was just a matter of where he was going to break it back upfield. There was no chance for the option pitch. So now it's third and three. Lions need to get to the 35 and a half. There's a handoff right up the middle to Hartley. He gets the first down and more, across the 40, and down shy of the 45. He was taken down there quickly by the Marple Newtown defense, but he was able to pick up the first down. Gain of 13 on third and three. So the Lions finally in business. Back to the two wide receivers, says Zubieta to the near side, and Gariga to the far side. DiFiori crouches under center. Tries the option pitch to Hartley. He can't get to the outside. He's dragged down well behind the line of scrimmage. Well, there were hands in his face from the beginning of the play, and I don't know if that led to the toss or if that toss was planned. Looks like it might have been planned. But either way, Marple Newtown was able to get a big loss there for Pancrest. Well, DeFiore, I don't know whether that's indecision or just the way his play is drawn up and Marble Newtown reads it, but he's got to get rid of that ball quicker, or at least, you know, if he's going to fake and sees Hartley's three yards off the ball, just decide to take it. Second down and 13. 
Lions need to get to Marple Newtown's 45 for the first down. Hand off to Young, but he's tripped up just across the line of scrimmage. It's a sparse crowd tonight here at Harry Harvey Stadium, but of course the spirit of Pencrest Band and the Marple Newtown cheerleaders in full effect as always. The rain has scared off quite a few friends, parents, and fans. Gain of only three. Third down and a long nine for the Lions. Two wide receivers set once again. DeFiori fakes the handoff, tries to keep it. If he gets a yard, he's incredibly lucky. Fourth and long once again for the Tigers. For the Lions, excuse me. Yeah, Pete Finnegan was in on that tackle. Nice job by him and making sure that Pancras wasn't going to get close to a first down. Hope to say if they bring in the punter. Looks like they did. Yeah, I don't think they're going to try to fake this one. That They're pinned back in their own territory. At this point, you really need to be in the Marvel Newtown's 35 in order to go for it. Diaguardi and White back for the Tigers, standing at their own 20-yard line. The punt is a low, shanked line drive, if you could call it that, skittering down at the 35, across the 30, still rolling across the 25, coming towards the near sideline. And it will be down in the 23. So with 2.55 to go, third quarter, 14-14, Marple Newtown with the football. We'll be back on the change of possession. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network. You wouldn't want your favorite team to play only one side of the ball. So when it comes to insurance, why settle for someone that can handle only your auto policy? Bring your home and auto insurance to Allstate now, and you can save big on both. You deserve someone that can tackle more. That's Allstate's stand. Are you in good hands? Hey, football fans, call Allstate agent David Monroe at 610-359-1244 today. Subject to availability and qualifications, Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois. First and 10 at the 23, Rodinger back to pass. It is tipped and almost intercepted. Ryan White was there, but Nick Hartley was even closer to the football, just tipped it away. We like to see Marple Newtown and Rodinger you know, able to pass, trying to open up those running lanes. But unable to do so so far today. I believe he is 0 for 3. Closest count we can make, that's 0 for 3 with 2.50 to go. Third quarter. Game is deadlocked. 14 all. Marple Newtown with the football at its own 23-yard line. So Matt Gregory checks back in. In the blocking back position, Diaguardi's there, as is Duffy and White. Ryanger under center. Fakes a keeper, it's up to Duffy. Pushes the pile forward, but doesn't quite make the 30-yard line. We'll see a lot of that from Ryan Duffy trying to push for every yard he can get. We alluded to that earlier. And every single running back in this Marple Newtown team has been involved tonight, and you like to see that. Decent gain, but runs, uh, once again, it is third down and four for the Tigers. They need to get to the 33 and just about 33, 33 and a half yard line, as the marker indicates. Ball placed on the near side. Diagordi once in. He is in motion. But up the middle of the Duffy, it goes across the 30, and he falls close to the first down marker, but I don't think he's he's got it. Now he looks a little short, and we'll see what Ray Junton wants, wants to do here. He might bring Billy Weaverling in. Wow, they give him, they really don't give him a generous spot there. The ball's spotted at the 32. So it's a yard and a half shy. 
I guess he saw his backside hit the turf before his, his knee did, because that's what I was going by. If he had his knee, it was very close to the first down. So Weaverling is on to punt. And once again, I wish these guys on Pencrest would just turn to our side of the sideline so we can see their number. Weaverling gets the punt off. It's a side spiral. It's fumbled by Gariga back at the 25. He's swarmed under at the 23. He does retain control somehow. Actually, that's not Gariga. That's 85 Mike Malik. The first time we've heard his name all contest. And we saw Samara Moat running down to the middle of the field trying to get to the ball carrier. And as soon as he saw him muff that punt, he, his eyes just lit up. That's it. He is a ball hawk. An absolute ball hawk. So we have 115 to go. Third quarter. The intensity ratcheting up as the rain has by and large stopped at this point. The wind is not so prevalent either as Pencrest now coming from right to left. Two wide receivers set once again. We've got a man in motion. Fiori under center. It's a keeper. Off tackle. He only goes for a couple. Shy of the 30-yard line. We saw a lot of holes earlier in the Marple Newtown defense, and they were really vulnerable to that run by um, the quarterback and also the running backs. But it looks like Wright Jenna made some good adjustments at halftime. And Lou Delonzo as well, the defensive coordinator. Uh, it's definitely easy when all you have to do is read the quarterback's eyes and see where he's going. And it's basically as options go, it's a vanilla option. So DeFiori under center. He takes it himself again. He gets across the 30, across the 35. If they give him forward progress, it looks like he's going to pick up that first down. But this depends on where his knee is brought down. Will be the key here. As DeFiori was plowed under and he needs a little bit of medical attention. Looks like a uh, possibly a hamstring there is being worked on by Pencrest training staff. Getting where it may be a cramp. But all is well for DeFiori. 32.9 seconds left third quarter. Game still tied 14-14. Fresh set of downs for the Pencrest Lions. They are at their own 36-yard line. Ball placed roughly in the center of the field. Once again, Patricio Zubieta and Chris Gariga. The two wideouts. Hartley and Young in the backfield. It's a fumble. Picked up by Young. He tries to move forward. He does get across the 35. Let's see if he does get back to the line of scrimmage. But there we go. Concentration wavers a little bit. Chaos and mayhem happen. And with that, that will be the final play of the third quarter. 36 in the books, 12 more to go from Harry Harvey Stadium. Marple Newtown 14, Pencrest 14. Back to the fourth quarter, you're listening to the Tigers Radio Network. Hey, Tiger fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia Pretzel? That's because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly Pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, and always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, or just for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr, or visit their website, 
phillypretzelfactory.com for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel.